With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another Vireal podcast, Vireal USA podcast, I should say. This is Alan, and I am joined by Sid Arth, who is in D.C., and uh, the big topic of the day or of the week, as far as Vireal is concerned, is the um, announcement that the team wants to play a match in Miami in December. And uh, I've been kind of looking at Twitter and, and seeing what people are saying there, and there are several polls up about it, I guess. And you've been – you said you listened to Javi Mata um, talk about um, this after Senior Roger's press conference. So you're a longtime Virial supporter. What's your, how do you process all this? Hey, Alan. I, I, first of all, I think I have to apologize to everybody around the world when, when you say that I live in DC these days. So, uh, well, starting, yes. <laughs> <laughs> starting, starting from, from that perspective when you were talking about big news of the day. Uh, but, but when we, when we limit it to the soccer realm, uh, I, I, I've got to say, you know, we have a unique position on this, of course, being, the Ariel fans in the U.S. Um, you know, there there are just so many so many elements to it, and you know we can we can break it down a little bit. Um, but I think again, from the sort of ten thousand foot view of believing that uh, football is for for the fans, you know, this is again, you know, not just a preseason game or a super copa game but now this is a you know a real match for standings points uh and and even from from the fans perspective an opportunity that you know no no matter what the turnout may be in miami and of course this all is presuming the game actually happens and we know that it got this far last year and then it didn't happen for girona Mm -hmm. um but certainly you'd have to say the atmosphere is going to be much less hostile towards Atletico. Um, and considering how well we've done against them in recent years, uh, you know, if that atmosphere has anything to change and, and can affect actual standings points, then it has real ramifications. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, um, I think really the conflict between uh, in, in terms of how you look at it, and I think, you know, obviously, as you say, you're right. On the one hand, as Americans supporting Virial, it's like, wow, this is actually a game I could get to instead of yeah, once I once can't. in a lifetime opportunity yeah. today. So. Yeah, instead of flying thousands of miles, right? But it really does come down to, I think, part of 
part of what, at least part of why I support Virial, and I, and I think Robin Stacy put it very well last, last podcast and why he supported them is that, you know, it really is this unique connection between the, the, the club, the, and the, and the fans, everybody, you know, it, it's more of a small town atmosphere. Everybody feels a part of the same thing. And obviously that's not going to be the same in Miami and we can't, Virial are willing to fly some fans over for the game, but only a percentage of those that would normally attend. So a small percentage. So it, from that standpoint, it's, really hard to feel good about it. On the other hand, if you take the position, a longer view or a broader view, I guess, and say that La Liga needs to become more competitive worldwide in terms of TV markets and whatnot, and games like this are an opportunity to do that, I can see that being a, being a valid point of view too. I think I would be a little more assertive on that end if the league had already shown it had marketing chops in the U.S. And I don't think it has to date so much. So I'm kind of conflicted about that. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's the sort of thing that might be a very good thing to do. It probably would be much more appealing and have much more impact if it had been announced in the summer and there, and there was some sort of, you know, build up to it rather than we're coming over to play this game. Gosh, <laughs> what what I thought of when you talked about traveling thousands of miles was just imagining now making plans. You know, the the one live match I went to was when we were in the Segunda, where mm-hmm. thankfully they don't have this carousel on the TV side. But I was just trying to imagine uh, <laughs> what what if they moved the date and time of this match as well. I mean, yeah. you know, that's the kind of thing you just can't put past the league. And like you say, you know, for example, one one thing I can think of, a sort of a annual showcase kind of thing, the NHL does these outdoor games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they really do, like you say, make a big marketing pitch out of revealing new jerseys and building a few days of events around it and having there be an alumni game and, you know, doing a build up and getting TV coverage and, and all of those things and having a whole sort of, like you say, this is going to be, okay, it's a game being played in Miami. So there'll be a different live audience, but what else is the league really going to be able to do? How, you know, how else do they really sell this event? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, and I would agree with you that I don't think they've shown the ability to do so. Um, and it's not like, you know, unlike say if they played a game and again, just for sake of discussion, if they played a game in China, at least that would be an opportunity where if you played it on a local time zone, you might be more likely to get people who don't see matches. You know, it's not like people in the U S don't get to watch matches on TV. Mm hmm. And I just don't see, you know, the guy in New York saying, oh, man, because this game is being played in Miami, I'm going to watch it, whereas I wasn't going to if it was being played in Spain. Yeah. Uh, The odds of that don't seem too likely to me. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I will say for the league, I think they are trying. I, I know they're trying to, to get more, you know, to figure out ways to break into the U.S. market. But I think the problem that that defeats them, frankly, is that one of the problems is that at the moment their TV um, rights are controlled by, you know, there are a lot of people who can't watch BN Sports. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so that makes it very hard for the league because, you know, I want to talk up La Liga and I'm like, yeah, well, you gotta, you gotta pretty much have this weird channel that unless you're a real soccer aficionado, you probably aren't using for a lot else versus the EPL where you can just, you know, watch it on NBC and their various net platforms. So I think one of the things that the league, I am sure, is listening to and I hope takes action on is that is coming up to rebid, I believe, this next year. And that would really help if they have a different a different um, uh, sort of network that that really has more, much more media penetration. You'll get more people watching right away. I also think that do, trying to do a match in Miami is good because you've got a lot of non-Mexican Hispanics. So there are people who are not watching Liga MX and, and cheering for one of those teams. They're people who are going to be interested because you've got Uruguayan and Colombian internationals in these two teams. So that's, that's great. I, I think that's, that's really good. Um, I'm just not sure if this is going to, if this is going to become another um, you know, tiff between Rubiales and um, and uh, Tebas and uh, the Spanish FA and the um, the league. Then, even if it's decided in the league's favor, it's not going to help if that if there's not enough lead time to do stuff. So I'm, I hope that they really have those discussions quickly. Okay, so I've got a I've got a. Put put you under the fire here, or what? Okay. You know, as a if you're looking at this, let's call it maybe a three to five year investment. Will will history speak kindly if this game goes ahead? That VRL was the first team to offer up their home game um, to to allow this, and and sort of I, I suppose the corollary, and I think what what anybody who's looking at it from a fan's perspective is concerned about. What does this mean? Does this mean more? Does mm-hmm. this mean different places? Does this mean Villarreal is doing this or is this a league wide thing? So just how, how do you see this shaking out if it does, if it does come to fruition? Cause I, and I think the, the, the other aspect of that, of course, is if Rubiales again is able to lead the charge to prevent this from happening it may really kill the momentum uh for it you know for for a little while well yeah i'll come back to remind me to come back to that in a minute um the 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 rubialis and killing the momentum because i have a couple of thoughts on that but um as far as how how history will look at it i mean i think i think it really depends to me on how Villarreal fans look at it in, in Villarreal. Um, because I think if they, I think there's a lot of latitude provided to Senor Roig. Um, you know, everybody pretty much is, 
is willing to accept his lead, they may not always agree with it. I think if if we play this match, and it's um, the I think it partly depends on what happens afterwards. I think if we play this match in Miami, and maybe there's one match, uh, one La Liga match a year that goes ahead, and maybe the next two teams that that are give up their home dates are not Villarreal, I don't think it matters much. Um, I think there'll be some grumbling among some of the um, some of the local supporters, but I don't. I think it will kind of go away. If it's something where the league starts doing more of it and Villarreal is more involved than other teams in similar situations, I think then questions would be asked and then it would be a negative. But I think, you know, ultimately people are going to complain in, in, in Villarreal and surrounding areas. They're going to complain about it. Um, but they're also going to grant Senior Raj a bunch of latitude too. I mean, we've always seen that with with everything involving the club is that, you know, ultimately people – nobody's going to go to the mat and wrestle him <laughs> about something like this. If, you know, if he thinks it's the thing to do and, it's and, and you know, ultimately it'll get done from, you know, from assuming the RFEF is okay with it. Um, do I feel good about it? Well – I mean, it's hard as as an American. Yes, I feel good about the team I um, playing here in in a sense that I can see them, but I don't feel good about it in the sense of it strikes me as one of those things that I think it's necessary to do, but I wish it weren't. I guess that's how I would push it. But, uh-huh. but I, uh-huh. I wish we could go back to the days when TV money was not most of your revenue, but it is. Um. One of the things that's happened as a result of the more equitable TV distribution in Spain is that now it's, you know, we're seeing it in, in the table the last couple of years. It's it's not easy to pick the bottom three at the start of the season and and, and be right. It's, it's a lot tougher, those, you know, five through ten positions. So like it or not, this is modern football. I mean, it's like people were saying – there was a lot of um, discussion about the Spanish national team starting 11 against Norway. First time ever, 11 different teams with 11 players in the starting 11. And um, that's and the comment was, well, that's modern football, you know. So I think from a, from the league standpoint, they're probably looking at this thinking we need to do things to maximize our TV revenue long term, maximize our appeal long term, maximize the chance of stars staying here instead of going elsewhere. And you think that this is part of that cohesive opportunity because this may lead to better ratings in the long term, more more support from people in the U.S. who may have gone or heard about this game and they buy merchandise. And Well, one so. game isn't going to do it, no. I mean, one game isn't going to do it, and and we know that, you know, buying Villarreal merchandise or even Atleti merchandise in the U.S. is not easy. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that, and this is, I guess, where I want to get back to the comment about Rubiales and strategy, is that, La Liga signed an agreement with a company called Relevant Sports. And I think it's it's a long-term agreement. I want to say like 10 or 15 years. And this is the organization that is 
that is behind, and I'm not using that in a pejorative way, but just saying that is behind, that is organizing things like the La Liga um, Challenge or whatever the, the summer tours over here have been called, that is organizing a lot of um, youth events that are sponsored by La Liga in certain places. And so I think there is, on the part of the league, a they have a long-term plan, but for whatever reason, they haven't seemed to view it as important to get the Spanish FA on board. <laughs> and that's the thing that is somewhat bewildering to me, is that I think it would make more sense if the, if the two organizations could sit down and work out a cohesive um, plan together. Now, from comparing this year to last year's plan, I think Rubiales' case is weakened because of the Supercopa, which is under his jurisdiction, moving to Qatar, wasn't it? I mean, I mean that's something where. That, but that's, again, that's that. That's, I know it's not a regular. That's not a real game. No, it's real, I know it's not a real game, but it's got a trophy and bragging rights. Okay. The other difference is that last year, when you had Girona and Barcelona as the possible game that would be moved, my recollection was that Girona was not particular. This it was more of a league identifying the game as something that could be moved, and there as as an opportunity to play over here. And there was a lot of discussion about whether or not the real goal of that was to get away from the Catalan nationalism in Girona and move it over to the U.S. And ultimately it fell apart, but I'm not sure Girona ever came out as firmly in favor of the match as Virial has now. And certainly Virial and Atleti is a match that it's appealing from the standpoint of, if you know anything about the two teams, it, it's it's a good match to to have. And it's not something that's going to result in a lot of political protests one way or the other, which is something right now with what happened this week. That's something that, um, that, uh, might be, um, might be something to, um, think about there is that, is that, um, we, um, really have um, the opportunity to do something that I think a year ago there were more issues around that weren't that weren't um, that weren't as true this time or aren't as true this time I should say yeah you know I I, I agree about what you are what you are referencing. Um, and I believe it's Saudi Arabia on the Super Copa. Oh, Saudi Arabia, okay. Yeah, even even better. Okay, so. we've, we've been joined by Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. <laughs> this Hi, how you doing? Good. This is Alan, and I'm talking with Sid, and we've been we've been going back and forth ourselves about this whole Miami thing. So, um, so let me quickly introduce you. Jeremy is. Um, are you a site manager of into the Calderon? I am indeed. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Jeremy is in is in uh, lovely Arizona. He he heads up the our sister or brother, however you want to look at it, blog on SB Nation devoted to Atletico Madrid. And so 
Sid and I have been going back and forth a little bit on on this whole take from a Virial standpoint of what's going on here. But what what's your feeling on it, and what was your reaction when the news first came down? Surprised. Um, not that La Liga, had, obviously they have tried to do this before, but the news came down really kind of quickly uh, from uh, Fernando Royce, Virial's president, uh, just on El Transi store. And it, it took me a minute to kind of wrap my head around it. The, the clubs have kind of agreed to this very secretly, very stealthily. Um, it is, I do have mixed feelings on it because as badly as I want to see La Liga's reach expanded into North America, the questions are going to persist and the debate is going to rage on as to, well, how feasible is this? Do, do the logistics make sense? Is everyone putting finances ahead of you know, the, the player's welfare. So there are a lot of things to dissect about this. And I do, I do have mixed feelings about it. Yeah, we were just talking about, I mean, I think the player's welfare is a good point that we hadn't even talked about yet, but you know, we've, we were sort of looking at it from the standpoint of the um, ultimate, I mean, one of the questions that Sid had was, okay, if you look at this match as a, if it's a one-off and isn't followed up by anything, why are we bothering? Basically, is that kind of how you would how I can paraphrase you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and I think also the question of of how Senor Royds is trying to sell it, and Javi Mata was to an extent in saying sort of we want this to be the you know a vehicle for you know VRLs attempting to establish academies and put that in Miami. Yeah. Not just for La Liga to to be back, but I think for VRL in particular to be back. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Is that the club? Uh, okay, there are two things connected with this from from VRL standpoint that Jeremy, or at least one thing that Jeremy may not be aware of, is that we've we've done a couple of um, youth clinics down in Miami, and we had announced, I guess, back in September, a plan to have this um, what's called the Yellow Cup competition in Miami that involves some Virial youth sides. We're talking very young kids and um, and a lot of local teams. So, you know, yeah, I, I mean, Virial has has done a lot of work in the last six months or so or year or so to put to push their name in the U.S. It's a big country, so it's very local. And so some of the places where we partnered, if you're not right there, you wouldn't know about it. But okay, so there is that. Um, but I guess the question is: is this really the is this really the best way to market the league in the U.S. or do we or not? I mean, it's a it's a tough one. It is, and both club presidents uh, spoke out about it today and kind of said the same thing. Uh, Miguel Angel Quilmarin is Atletico's uh, chief executive, chief shareholder. He kind of spoke to this idea that uh, about the, the global reach, and particularly this the North American reach. And I think that that's going to be a, a common point that people who are in favor of this uh, are going to come back to. There, there don't seem to be that many, um, but... <laughs> um, uh, Hilmanin said, uh, quote, we work every season to expand and promote our brand in all continents, and we want to bring Spanish football to fans who live outside our country. And, and, that's, and, think, and that's a valid goal. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a valid goal. And the, the thing we were talking about is that, you know, the league did sign a contract with a, 
company to, to basically have a long-term program of doing exactly that, which is how the whole um, summer tours have started. And, and you guys did one, right? Didn't Atleti play over here? Yeah, uh, played in Texas, played in New Jersey. So that that was the first real extensive American tour that Atletico have undertaken. Yeah, because yeah, because Atletico got folded into the champion the ICC. Yeah, the Champions Cup, and that that's not something that's happening for VRL anytime yeah. soon because they're yeah. the ICC is basically on a don't call us, we'll call you, and they can get anybody they want. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. for better or for worse, that is how uh, relevant sports and ICC operates. Yeah. So, and, and I know that Relevance has also done some, um, a bunch of, um, youth things here in the U.S. too. So I think that I was saying I'm surprised though that after what happened last year that the Spanish FA and, um, the league didn't sit down in the off season and already discuss this stuff because are we just back where we are a year ago, but with different teams? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are. That's exactly what it is. And the, <laughs> the irony behind this is that the FA still wants to play the Super Cup in Saudi Arabia in January. Mm-hmm. And there, there, there are no, there's no indication that those plans are going to be derailed. And yet the chances that they reject La Liga's proposal to have Villarreal and Atletico play in Miami, the chances of them rejecting that are relatively high. So... That is some interesting irony to keep in mind through all this. Right. And we, and before you joined, I was just saying that to Sid and he was like, well, yeah, but this is, but that's not a real game. I was like, well, it's not, but it's, it makes it hard to justify your statement that a home game is a home game. Right. <laughs> to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, is that, it's, I'm just astonished, I guess, that with, I would have thought that this would have been presented as a fully fledged proposal with the approval of the Spanish FA. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, the, um, the similarity, the comparison that is most easily made is to what the NFL does and what the NBA does in having games in London and in Mexico City, exotic locations like that. But the key difference is those games are put together uh, way, way in advance. I mean, Major League Baseball had a series in London this season. That was announced well in advance when, before it was played over the summer. This has been announced, or this has been proposed less than two months before this game is supposed to take place. And everything is just, it makes it really difficult logistically because there is a human cost to this. You have to fly these players a- across the Atlantic for, mm-hmm. for, and for Atletico, uh, they have a Champions League game against Locomotive three days after this. Yeah, I, that, that's why I, that, that's the point that Sid. I don't know if you saw this or not, but the game is supposed to be like 4 p.m. local time on Friday, so that's that's midnight Spanish time, so midnight Saturday morning, and it yeah, can't be, 10 p.m. Yeah. and it can't or 10 p.m. It can't be moved later because the because of Atleti needing to play in Champions League and. So yeah, it just seems a Friday four o'clock in Miami. Friday four o'clock in Miami. <laughs> Good luck getting yeah. people there. <laughs> Having <laughs> just been to the stadium a couple months ago, it's not exactly a highly convenient destination. And uh, rush hour on a, on a weekday will be interesting. Well, I I have to confess, like I when I saw the originally when the um, 
when all the news hit the hit Twitter yesterday, I was they kept talking about the game on December eighth. And then this morning, you know, I'm looking at the Virial uh, sort of press release talks about the sixth. So I actually emailed the club and said, I, "Wait a minute, is this a typo?" And and they said, "No, it's because it's because of Atleti having to play Champions League." And I'm sitting here scratching my head, thinking people aren't off work on Friday at four o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you 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 definitely are missing your. Asian viewership. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, one one thing I, I did think, Alan, I had mentioned, listen to, to some of what Javi Mada said, and, and when you were sort of talking about, you know, expanding global outreach, the one way that this does make sense to me, I suppose, is if you sort of look at uh, where different leagues are popular and things. So, so Africa, I think is, is pretty locked into the Premier League and mm-hmm. Liga, obviously because of, because of, you know, colonial ties there. Um, Asia, you know, pretty strongly with the Premier League from, from what I know of, uh, of, you know, people in India, China, Singapore, you know, I think the second most popular league seems to be Serie A, um, just because of, of a, you know, long history, I suppose, of, of sort of stability in, in teams and some of those great, you know, Milan teams and otherwise that people recognize for a long time. Mm-hmm. So the Americas does make sense in that context. But by the same token, if you were asking me, where would you want to go play a game, you know, Somewhere like going and and playing at the Bombonera would make you know almost more sense from the marketing perspective. Maybe not in terms of what you can charge to go watch the game, um, but if you were sort of trying to solidify the American tie, you know I'm not even sure that Miami is the most logical place on that on that front. So I think I think there's there's more than just sort of saying this is. Uh, this is a, a marketing move. I think this is a very calculated sort of, we know exactly where we want to go. Um, and, um, while it may not seem like they <laughs> have, have the plans for the marketing of it, I, I would imagine there, there's more to it, um, at least in the longer term that's already been put in place. Mm-hmm. You, sure. you, you would think so. Yeah. Uh, I think the, um, I like the the novelty of it. I think it's a an interesting idea. It's full of novelty and La Liga's goal to establish firmer ties with North America. Um, South America too should also be a goal. There are a ton of Barcelona and Real Madrid fans down there as well. Uh, but the, the desire to establish ties in North America it, it makes sense. The, the Premier League does have a foothold over here as well. But the issue is La Liga. I think fell so far behind over so many years struggling to effectively market the league beyond Lionel Messi, beyond Cristiano Ronaldo, that now they have had to play catch-up. And it's it's a difficult market because the Premier League got a head start on them. Mm. Uh, there, there are even certain areas where, where Serie A, Juventus, are very popular in, in this country. So La Liga has a lot of catching up to do despite having two, arguably three if you argue Atletico, as I would, despite having two or three of the biggest clubs in Europe, three of the most elite clubs in Europe, and they have struggled to... They couldn't get the game in Miami last year with Barcelona and Girona. 
they may have a better chance this year. I mean, the FA may not reject them twice, but this, it's not, I wouldn't say it's been haphazardly put together, but the process isn't as streamlined as it could and should be, or you would expect it would be. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, that's fair enough. I think the, um, I was saying to Sid also, I think that where the league has really struggled is that compared to the Premier League, where in the U.S. you've got NBC and you've got the various NBC platforms and you can watch any game, any Premier League game you want, I guess. Um, you know, La Liga has is on a network that isn't picked up by that many cable systems, isn't? You know, you've got to subscribe to a couple of things in order to you know, something in order to get it that you wouldn't otherwise do. And somebody who's a casual soccer fan isn't going to do that. Correct. And that's the deal in the deal with being sports is in a way it's devastating. And La Liga has locked themselves into it for another five years. So that is arguably the single biggest hindrance to them gaining a real foothold in, in the United States. Because as you said, you can watch the Premier League and on various you know, on NBC, NBC Sports Network. There are various other channels exclusively set up to watch the Premier League. La Liga doesn't have that here. Right. I, I and, thought- and forget that. I mean, the Bundesliga has a great deal. And, and I think I think Fox has actually done a fantastic job of mm-hmm. marketing some of the secondary teams in the Bundesliga. So I think they are significantly ahead of where La Liga is in in the U.S. spotlight as well on that front. And Serie A has the deal with ESPN Plus, where if you pay five dollars a month, you get to watch a lot of the Italian league games. Right, and Disney is, isn't the new Disney Channel picking up. Uh, I mean, ESPN Plus is is much more visible. You're, you have many more options to get it than than you do with with BN Sport. I didn't realize that they tied it up to, to BN Sport for another five years. I think that. Yeah. Oh dear. Well, that's not good. It's tough. It's really yeah, and and forget BN. It's actually BN. Not even even on the English Channel, you don't get most of the La Liga games. Yeah, it's only on the Spanish feed. Yeah, so. for Barcelona or Real or Atletico, a lot of times for B Real or Valencia games, you got to catch them on this on the. Spanish language version. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, not only just the sports pack, but the Spanish sports pack. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. So, so. It's, yeah, so. yeah, and it, and it's really it's it's very difficult and uh, yeah. So I think to me, I mean, Jeremy, what are what are what are Atleti fans saying about it? Because of course, the Real supporters are are upset because they're looking at a home game being lost or being transferred, but. Mm-hmm. What's what are the Atleti fans saying about this? Yeah, Atletico fans aren't very happy about this either, um, and that that's a theme. A lot of the fans based in Spain are pretty unhappy that La Liga has tried to push this through last year and this year. Um, Atletico fans have a very tenuous relationship with management, with uh, Enrique Sorezzo, the club president, with uh, Gil Marin, uh, the chief shareholder and chief executive. Ever since they acquired the shares back in 2003, there's been a very tense, fraught relationship. Uh, a lot of that dates back to the plans to move from the Calderon to the Juana Metropolitano. Uh, there's there's always going to be some lingering resentment about that. But for a lot of supporters, this is just another feather in their cap of how uh, Sedezzo and Gilmarin are opening up the club to, I guess, foreign powers, for lack of a better turn of phrase. They're opening the club up in a way that a lot of fans and traditional supporters don't want it to be opened up. So there, there is some resentment going on here, perhaps unsurprisingly. 
And I think you can say the same thing about, about, I mean, I mean, there's a difference, the relationship between the Virial fan base and the club and the ownership of the club is, is, you know, 180 degrees different. I mean, mm-hmm. I was saying just said that, you know, Senior Raj is regarded as, you know, ultimately what he wants. People may grumble behind the scenes, but if he really wants to make it happen, they're going to go along with it. Um, you know, the, the fan base has been, it has been very, um, subservient to the ownership in a way that at times some of the readers on Virial USA kind of, you know, are like, what's going on? You know, what, what, well, that's, that's the way it is. But I think they're upset because again, I, it's, it's, it's hard for me being here to, and, and having, you know, being torn in different directions. Um, there definitely is a sense of we're losing, we're losing some, Something, whether it's a Spanishness, whether it's just that special home game yep. bond with the crowd, whatever. There's something being lost, and I understand that. Well, but but forget. Let me let me push out further there, Alan. What's what's to stop this from becoming like the Raiders, and all of a sudden you play six games a year somewhere else? I think that's always the concern in these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Is if it's a commercial success which it seems like it will be, what's to stop this from happening every six weeks? And yes. then and then clearly you do lose yeah. this element of identity. And oh, I suppose what people say is we don't we don't want to test, you know, whether people are gonna find this a success or not, because we know they're gonna sell, for example, twenty five thousand more seats to this game than they would for any regular home game. Right. Right. And at two, three, four times the cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. That's that's kind of the part that I really don't want to go there either because I don't. I think, and as I was saying, like I think when I did the podcast last week with Robin, one of the things that he brought home very clearly, and and one of the things that I feel in in supporting Virial is that the reason I support the team is, is that connection between the the fans and the, and the, and the team, that feeling of the small town that can go to battle in the Champions League every now and then. It's something that's not going to be, it's not the same if you're suddenly, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think this is the plan or, but, you know, would I feel the same way if suddenly six Virial matches were played in the U.S. every year? Of course not. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I would, there would be something that would be lost there. Jeremy, do you do you do you see that as being the pot at the end of the rainbow, something like that happening? I could. I mean, the the commercialization is and the the chasing of, of revenue and exposure. It's huge. It makes a, a it has a huge bearing on what La Liga on where they want to go with this and the teams that are willing to go along with it. Uh, Barcelona and Girona were a little reluctant last year, even though La Liga, La Liga was pushing them. This time, the clubs are are fully on board. Um, and what's what's to stop that? I, I agree, uh, Sid. What's to stop that from being the case in two years, three years? Maybe there are multiple overseas games in La Liga, um, and that removes the novelty, that removes the uh, the uniqueness of it, and it does give further. It lends further credence to these claims that La Liga is selling out, that they're losing their innate Spanishness, they're losing uh, their Clubs are losing their identities by by going overseas so often, and it's interfering. The travel and the cost of the travel is interfering with perhaps domestic or European commitments. 
which Villarreal are in the Europa League often enough, Atletico are in the Champions League every year. This is going to interfere with that. Yeah. I mean, I, and I see that, you know, you look at, if you look at the, um, I think the Girona Barcelona thing was a little difficult because of the Catalan politics. I think that was always going to be a problem. But if you look at teams that are in La Liga now, you could probably identify, oh, seven or eight of them easily who you could say, well, you know, what about, what about Mallorca playing a game over in the U.S.? I mean, or, you know, playing in Vancouver. Steve Nash is one of the owners. Yeah, Mallorca have American owners. They, I think they would absolutely be on board. Yeah. Um, you know, what about a club like Abar that uh, has – how many do they have at home? Six, 7,000? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, there's the, – the pot of gold can be, can be hard to turn down. And I think I would feel um, at least – I would feel better if, if I knew that that sort of, if that sort of plan existed, if I, if it were in a, known at the beginning of the season. I think the thing that really makes it difficult is this feeling that, you know, we really don't know what this is entailing. And, and for all we know, it may not be entailing anything other than a one-off thing. And if that's true, why are we bothering? Right. We, we don't know <laughs> when it started. We don't know what the planning has been like. It's all felt kind of nebulous. It's all felt kind of, well, here it is. It just dropped on us all of a sudden on a Wednesday night. Like, oh, all right, well, now we have to discuss this because it has just it has just been announced. It has just been brought to light. So that yeah. kind of goes back to my earlier point that this has not necessarily been done in the shadows, but it's been done under sufficient cover, and it's been done kind of in a way that makes you think, well, well, where is really the the A to B to C to D? Where where is the extensive planning? Whether why why would you announce this eight weeks before before the match? Like that doesn't give fans a whole lot of time. You got to think that the fans who are going to the to the Ceramica for this match they got to feel pretty um, upset. Yeah, well, well they the, didn't they didn't know what day or time the game was, right? So <laughs> it doesn't really make a difference to them. <laughs> well, oh, good good one. Um, I think that, I mean, yeah, has Atleti said anything about, like, are they going to pay for any away fans to go? Atletico have made no official announcement on it. The club has not made an official announcement. Because Villarreal have said, basically, they've made a couple of announcements, but as far as taking, they have a um, program which sort of rewards the um, the people who come every game and are the real, you know, long-term ticket holders. And it sounds like probably those are the people that would get to be flown to Miami at the club's expense for the game, like 600 of them or something. And then they've offered, I think, another 3,000, um, you know, transport and free tickets to the return leg whenever it is at, at the, at the Wanda. And everybody else is being offered, um, a reduction in their season ticket. Price and I can't remember. Maybe they have an option of taking it this year or next year. I can't recall. But it, you know, so, so it's not going to be. I think for the for the average um, guy in the street who goes to, you know, has a very all season ticket and maybe uses it two thirds to three quarters of a the time. There's not a whole lot in it for them other than the reduction in the cost. They're not going to be able to come to Miami. And I mean, that's, you know, and I think that's the thing that, that's, um, that it would be different if you could take, if you could bring, you know, 10,000 fans from Villarreal, that would be fine. I, I think I would feel if you could bring some of the Peñas, 
and their drums and all that stuff, get some of the home atmosphere, I think people would feel a lot better. Yeah, that would bring that that cultural aspect, that home feeling along with it. Atletico, though, have made um, no such announcement. They literally said nothing, and I have no idea what, what their plans would be were this to go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And that's so, difficult for Atletico fans, extremely difficult. For, I mean, there is an American presence as far as Atletico is concerned in the U.S., but for those who were the traveling fans who were going to go to that game, it, it's, you know, just, what do you do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. So what do we think of, are the odds of this game actually going ahead in Miami? I mean, Sid, what do you think? Jeremy was very pessimistic, so I'm imagining whatever number I go with is going to be higher than his. <laughs> um, so, so it's going to turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go with go with thirty percent. I, I still, I would think similar objections to last year win the day. And again, the Super Copa is just a different animal. You know, frankly, right? They've, they've completely made up the format of the Supercopa this year just to mm-hmm. make sure that all of the big teams mm-hmm. are eligible to play it. So, you know, it's being clearly treated as like a holiday exhibition. And so that's one thing. Um, and, and I do think Jeremy made a good point and, and we didn't get to it almost because, <laughs> you know, I think. And, and interesting now that there's being studies released about the NBA and sort of sleep yes. deprivation and things, um, that this travel, you know, just in the middle of the season, it's not as if this was right before an international break or otherwise. And as Jeremy noted, Athletic comes back and is, is that locomotive game home or away, Jeremy? That is a home game. Thankfully. Okay. Because boy. That would have been something. Yeah, it's a little nicer, but still, it's it's three days later, give or take. Yep, yeah. yep. And and so you you even wonder, right? Depending on how much that Champions League game means, do we see Atletico B making the trip to the U.S. because mm-hmm. it's just a league game? And then how does how does that look? Yeah, <laughs> so, be a good so, look. Yeah, all all kinds of questions to to wonder about there. But yeah, so I'll go thirty percent. What do you think, Jeremy? Is thirty optimistic? Slightly. I'd go about twenty-five percent. I just there are, as Sid said, there are just a lot of questions. I think it has a higher chance of approval than last year, and La Liga is going to keep trying until they get uh, mm-hmm. to say yes. Whether that is this year, next year, or the year after, they're going to keep trying um, because the relationship between Tebas and Rubiales it, it is. Contentious to say the least, and this isn't going to make it any better, but that's not going to stop them. That being said, I, I think there are just a lot of questions, especially logistical, uh, that La Liga has decided to just push to one side in, in chasing the novelty and in chasing this idea. Interesting though it is, chasing this idea that they have to gain this foothold by playing a league game overseas. There are just too many potential issues. Um, with these studies that have come out, um, with the seeming lack of uh, pre-planning and pre-pre-planning, as it were, mm-hmm. I, I can't really see the Federation saying yes. But this is Spain, so I could be surprised. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I think my experience in dealing with, with Spanish things and, and Spanish league things is yes, things often come up with fairly short notice and then they end up working out very well because there's actually been a lot of planning. You just don't know what it is. 
that, that may very well be the case here. Yeah, that could be. Um, I guess I'm going to put the chances of it happening at about 40 percent, 40. I'll, I'll be a little optimistic, but I, I think even I can't get past about 50 50 because I think it I think there's just too much. Um, uh, I don't. I think the Rubiales, uh, Tebas thing is, it's, it's gonna be hard, both sides of, I, I think Rubiales has taken a position that he's gonna have a, find it hard to back down from, I suppose. Um, so if, in fact, it doesn't happen, is any lasting harm done from to either Virial or Atleti if it doesn't happen? I, I, don't, I don't, yeah, I, I don't, don't think, think so, Alan. Okay. Okay. Um, Everybody's basically willing to give the the uh, presidents a pass and say, okay, it didn't work out, so life is as it was. Okay. I think that I think that's probably fair. If it does go ahead, then I think the question is going to be, you know, everybody's going to be waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, if it's successful, then does this, as as we were saying, does this mean that now there's going to be a a league game every year in the U.S. Does it mean suddenly we're going to see two or three La Liga t- games in in you know Buenos Aires or or Miami or you know San Jose or wherever? I mean, I think that's the real. That's I think that's probably the fear that a lot of the fans in Spain have. Because yeah, and if this works, not only where will there be a temptation to do it every year, but there will be a temptation to have multiple games there a year. And as, as Sid said, some team may even play multiple games away from home. A team like Abar with a very small stadium, stadium in Iperua, um, maybe a newly promoted team trying to drum up some interest, uh, would, would come over to the U.S. and play multiple home games here. And that would just be a drain. Oh yeah. 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 That would be a real, that would be a real, um, I think blow, um, it would be a real tear in the fabric of how the league is of the league, really. I think that's, and I think that's got to be the fear everybody has. Sid, you were you were going to say something? There? Yeah, well, I mean, just look at it that way. Why not one game in the U.S., one game in Qatar, and one game in China? I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna go for this plan, the 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 problem is just where do you where can you draw a line? Um, and that's that's why I say if you are the head of the Players Association, how do you how do you allow this to start happening? Um, because I just I don't think there's a place you can draw a good line. Yeah, that was a question I had. Is is there a players union that has signed off on this or has been presented with this yet? Because certainly the travel affects both teams, and that's not something they normally bargain for in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. It seems like the only agreement is between the clubs. Maybe there is an implication that the players have, or at least some of them are, like, given their tentative approval, like, yeah, okay, sure, we'll do it. But it it seems like the vast majority of the negotiating and the agreement was struck by the presidents of the clubs and the league. league, So the players are kind of caught in, in the middle here. They're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, and I and I also saw something that I think U.S. soccer actually has to give the go-ahead too. I don't know quite why or what that has to do with, but I think that that's probably a formality, except that they actually have to have an official request from the FA of the country concerned. Hmm. So I was going to say one thing though when you were talking about Girona, Barcelona. 
I think, though, as as you know, Alan, Roig has been at the forefront of a lot of these kinds of things, um, and and frankly, is it was was at the forefront of allowing Tebas to renegotiate the TV deal and, um, you know, go with this concept of the ten time slots and two weekdays and all of these things, so. Mm-hmm. If the league was learning a lesson from Girona, Barcelona was a bad matchup. I think they checked all the boxes, right? They got a team willing to see the home game where there was somebody they knew that would go out and make a affirmative statement behind it. And mm-hmm. if I'm thinking of club presidents, it's probably him or Del Nido at yep. Sevilla who yep. would have been the two guys to do this. So you approached one of the right two people. You're not playing against Real Madrid or Barcelona, so you don't have the, you know, I think there's some natural sort of, we don't want to do this because we play by different rules than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have a marquee enough matchup, and I wonder if some part of it was, who is Girona? <laughs> I think, you know, one of the best things that people may know them for is being, uh, you know, Man City had half, uh, you know, seven youth players farmed there. Not, not that anybody knew anything about the city or, or the club. Um, so I think they played the cards right. And that's why I say, even if it doesn't look on the front end, like there was something behind it. Clearly, I think based on the matchup and the location as it relates to VRL, there was, there was some more thought on the back end of, of how this would play out. And and you you of course know Alan that La Liga hosts all of their you know whatever their viewing parties or things like that that they've done over the years in Miami as well, mm-hmm. uh, and that outdoor space. So again, they've been they've been trying to mine that market now for a while. Yeah, and um, the other thing I would add to that is that I guess I, as I say I'm a little sensitive to it given what's happened this week in Catalonia, but. You know, you've also got two teams where there's not any political question of, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna have one of these teams have a bunch of supporters make the trip or have a bunch of supporters come and hold up signs for Catalan independence or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. I think that was a worry with Girona and Barcelona last year. Yeah, it's it's a relatively controversy-free fixture. Yeah, it is. It's a controversy fee fixture, fee free fixture, and and the two clubs. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's an attractive to somebody who knows something about La Liga and and um, you know soccer over the last twenty years or so in Spain and in Europe. It's an attractive fixture. So I think you know it's you're not having to make apologies for you know we're bringing in this team that's never finished higher than fifteenth in the league or something. So, so yeah, I mean, in that sense. I think that sort of thing makes me think there's been some real um, planning behind the scenes. What I do, what I'm still a little confused about is where has there actually been anything with the FA discussed ahead of time or the players' union? Because I find it hard to believe that you would have not done that unless you're basically hoping to get such a such a groundswell of opinion behind the game that they cave in. And we're obviously not seeing that in Spain. Yeah. So, 
Okay. Any last thoughts? Are we, are, are, well, let me ask you one last question and you can give me any other thoughts. So Jeremy, if, if the game goes ahead, are you planning to go? <laughs> uh, I would seriously consider it. I would. It's not a prohibitive flight from Phoenix. It's a little over two hours, two plus hours. I do have family that spends part of the winter there. I would consider it. Yeah. Sid? Putting me on the spot. Uh, (laughs) I did earlier email so I can do it again. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And, and I can't, I can't just cite the, the young family for the reason. I gotta tell you, I'm not going. (laughs) I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going. Um, as much as I want to, I, I just think that, you know, where does, where does it end? And contributing to saying that, uh, you know, making this a financial success for the league, plenty of people will do it without my money. <laughs> so, so, but, but I, I just can't, I can't do that. I'd love to see VRAL come here as part of the, you know, ICC, I don't think is a possibility, but part of what La Liga has been doing, bringing over, like I want to say Espanol was here last year and a couple of other teams. Um, yep. I would, I would love to see them as part of that, but there's, there's just no coming back from this, in my opinion. And you know what, Sid, I fully respect that point. I, I admire that stance. And yeah, there, there is some, a tad, a little hypocrisy in, me saying, yeah, I would consider it because Atletico don't, I don't get to go to Spain very often. Uh, Atletico don't come here very often. It, it is a novel experience and it would be enjoyable, but there is some cognitive dissonance between contributing to this financial behemoth versus seeing the team you love at play, relatively speaking, in your own backyard. Yep. No, I, I, and I'll be the first one telling you I'll be missing out <laughs> when I, when yeah, I, when I, I see. I, but. I'm having the same, I mean, cognitive dissonance is a good term because I think I'm having the same feeling of I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, actually, I mean, I'm in California, but it so happens that Lisa and I are going to be in Ohio that week and that weekend. So I could, you know, it will be a shorter trip for me and I would love to go. And I'm, I think we probably will go if it happens. But I have to say, at the same time, I'm feeling the need to say that I almost feel like I'm going to need to make a pilgrimage to um, the Ceramica in Penance, you know. <laughs> because, I mean, because it's it's a lot harder for me to get over there. And I and I'm hoping we can go in another you know couple of years. But but it's true. It, I mean, I'm going to I, I will probably will go if it happens, but it is going to be a different experience. And I fully un- expect that there will be people in Virial who I know who are going to not think that what I'm that I should go. And that's OK. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's you know, it's I guess it's a sign of the times. And I and I'm also older than you guys. And so I tend to take the more. <laughs> relaxed view of these things, you know, <laughs> you know, but that's, but that's kind of how I look at it. So anyway, no, and, and it's, and it's an opportunity that, you know, I think a lot of folks are going to say it would be hard to pass up. And Alan, you know, that VRL now has an academy in, in Virginia and a few other places. Mm-hmm. Got to yeah. imagine there'll be a decent contingent of those folks and those kids who, who will be very excited to, to try and see if they can get to the game. So, and, so. and 
at it from the standpoint of Virial USA. You know, the more if we have several people that fly in for the game from various places, um, there's one person who said, gee, I'd be tempted in coming from Denver, you know. Um, I mean, I think the more of those things that we do to that, that helps, um, you know, the club. I mean, quite apart from all the finances and everything else, I'd love to have more people in the U.S. support Virial. And I'm sure Jeremy feels the same way about Atleti. It's like, You'd love to be able to have a group that you could get together and watch the games with. Yeah, that is absolutely something our our fan bases have in common is that this desire for more support of, of our clubs. Um, yes, seeing, right. you know, Barcelona and Real Madrid jerseys all over the place. Yeah, um, you know, I, I went I went to Arizona State for my undergrad, and I cannot tell you how many times I saw kids and students wandering around wearing Ronaldo shirts or Messi shirts. It gets tiring. You want <laughs> to see something different, so. Yeah. I can speak from an Atleti fan and writer's point of view that yes, it would be great if we had more vocal American support. And for you guys at Virial USA, I'm absolutely positive you feel the same way. I know you do. Um, and Virial are, are they're a very interesting club. Um, I do enjoy watching them and following them. Uh, never a dull moment there either. <laughs> no, <laughs> never. So it would be from that standpoint, the, the American game would be, that's kind of what La Liga is aiming for is to drive up an interest like that. But there's just everything else attached to it that is potentially problematic. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, we got to throw in the interesting timing of Giuseppe Rossi (laughs) coming on for a tryout. Yes. Yeah. So so now that now makes you connect some dots there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's 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 very true. So, yep, it's it's. It's all, as Marcus Aurelius said, it's all part of the giant web, right? <laughs> but you did give me a good idea, Alan, if I if I get over that by, by claiming that I'm a media person again, then maybe I can uh, excuse yeah. not being a fan and, and try and get to the game that way. So. Oh, there you go. Okay, well, let's divide, divide your brain into the media side and the fan side. <laughs> Well, thanks to both of you for joining me this evening. It's been really, really fun, and I'm sure we'll probably be able to do a repeat in a few weeks with a lot more, either knowing that the game is happening or not, but um, (laughs) who knows. But anyway, thanks to both of you for joining me. It's been great. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Alan. All right.